Would you open your Bibles this morning to uh, Luke again, chapter one? I want to go further in our series entitled The Season of Grace. The Season of Grace, this Advent season. We're taking the time to highlight these Sundays in the season of Advent because there is a grace that God has sent with his son and we need to understand that in this season although life situations sometimes get us down um, political climates and, and, and social issues and financial challenges come and even the loss of loved ones and relationships it get us down but you need to know that in this season there is grace there is love there is hope there is joy for you and so we highlight this season because there is nothing so great that can eclipse the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ for when he came he brought salvation and hope and joy and love and encouragement and a lifting to the earth and so the Christmas season in many uh, in past years have been robbed of all of the joy simply because the commercialism comes along with it. So we say, oh no, we're not ready for Christmas because that's gifts we have to buy. I'm not ready for Christmas because I, my budget ain't what it needs to be. I'm not ready for Christmas because I've not done my Christmas shopping. And the truth of it is, all of that is a sidebar. The real reason is because Christ came to the earth. But the thing that I want you to see this year is that when Christ came to the earth, before he got here, the Lord dispenses grace in the earth. And so today I want to go forward and further in this, uh, in this series, and my prayer is that it is uh, bringing joy and hope and encouragement to you. I know it is me because this season of grace, I need it. I think we all need grace, but we need to be aware of the grace of God. So I want to uh, continue to go forward. So let's look at Luke chapter 1. I want to start today in verse 34 and it reads then Mary said to the angel how can this be since I do not know a man and the angel answered her and said the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you therefore also that holy one who is to be born will be called the son of God now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing is impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Verse 39 says, Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out, with a loud voice and said, blessed are you among women 
and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leapt in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. So far, our scripture reading today, I want to talk to you in this same series from this thought, the season of grace and the God of possibilities. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for the opportunity to share your word, to convey your grace. And I pray today that you would open our hearts up, pour into us that which you would have us know. I ask you, Lord Jesus, that you would reveal yourself in the volume of the book, that you will speak life to us today, that you will make clear to us the plan and the way you would have us to walk. So I ask you today, think through my mind, speak through my mouth, give me clarity of thought and agility of wit. Allow me to talk in the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> As you receive this uh, series in this season, my prayer for you is that not only are you encouraged, but... I want this series to serve as a faith builder for you because I want you to see the grace of God in the text, but I also want you to uh, translate that grace of God in the text to the grace of God in your own life. <clears throat> and so I want you to understand that as the grace of God comes, remember the grace of God is something that you cannot ask for. It is something that you didn't ask for. The grace of God comes for you to do the thing that you do not have the ability to do on your own. Grace is that uh, divine enablement. So the, so the grace of God does for you what you cannot do on your own. However, in doing that, you should allow it to build your faith. Okay, it is the grace of God that comes alongside of you at like when you first rode a bike. <clears throat> I look at uh, when I took the pictures of Tim teaching Kyle. Was it Kyle? Kyle, how to ride a bike? It was Jonathan? Kyle, it was Kyle. J uh, Tim taught Kyle how to ride a bike. So the grace does, it is like the, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, para, um, the paraclete to understand Paraclete, you have to also understand paramedic or parachute, okay, uh, or paraprofessional. It is one that comes alongside. The grace of God comes alongside of us. So when Tim was showing Kyle how to ride the bike, he, he, he helped Kyle do what Kyle initially could not. But after a while, his grace lifted. Kyle's faith built, and then he could do what he could not do because sometimes the grace of God comes to be training wheels for us. To push us into another space of being and living. Y'all with me? So the grace of God comes to us to help us do what initially we cannot do, but also your faith should be building in this season. As you hear that God is dispensing grace, 
Your faith should be building. You should be anticipating and expecting the grace of God to come into your life, building this faith, because in this season where there is a special dispensation of grace, there may not be one in the next season, but because I had this season, my faith is built for the next season, and I'm ready to move forward. Everybody say ready. So in this text, I want you to see some things <clears throat> that I believe that the Lord is showing to us that when we started reading this text in uh, verse 34, we find that Mary starts out, as we start out, Mary shows us that she has doubt. Okay? Angel comes to her and starts saying some really cool stuff. As a matter of fact, uh, go back to verse 32 for me. Please, Anisha, let me see where we are. He comes to her and he greets her in a way that says, hey, highly favored woman of God. God is about to do some stuff for you and into your life. And she did not, she is not initially, she could not believe him, this whole highly favored piece, but she was very reluctant. And the text says that she was wondering, where is this coming from? Okay. So then he steps from the fact that she has favor and that the Lord was with her. He steps over into saying, you get ready to have a baby. And at the place where he said, you about to have a baby, she says, how? How can this be? Because I don't know a man. All this stuff that you were saying about God with me and I'm favored, I'm, ah, but maybe. But now you done said some stuff that I know cannot happen, so I am doubtful. When we start paralleling, paralleling uh, the text that I shared with you last week about Zacharias and how the angel appeared to him, same angel, Gabriel, uh, uh, appeared to him to say, hey, you're going to have a child. So what we find in Luke, these first two chapters, it is the birth announcement gospel. And so in these first two chapters, we're finding that we have these stories of these babies being born, John and Jesus. And so when, when, the, man, when the angel says to both of them, y'all going to have babies. One says, I don't know about that. I'm too old. My wife is advanced in years. Mary says, yeah, but I know how this baby thing works. And I ain't getting down like that, angel. And so because I'm not getting down like that, what's happening? And so the text comes in, the angel starts talking about or showing her that God, listen, is about to do something that is the exact opposite of your current situation. How am I going to have a baby? He says, I know. I know you're a virgin, which is why we chose you. Now, I want you to hear something. I want you to hear something. When we start looking at the Zacharias and Elizabeth text, and if you didn't hear that message last week, go get it, because it is a reminder to you, Zachariah and Elizabeth are reminders to you that God has not forgotten what he said to you. So go back and listen to that message. But what we find with both of them is that in both situations, both are living righteous lives. Both are. Both situations, the couple and Mary. And so in living righteous lives, those lives opens up for us this grace and this visitation from God because of how they lived. 
One thing that we don't talk about in church these days is living right. We will talk about that because we want everybody to be comfortable and happy, and nobody wants to be uncomfortable. Well, because everybody got some level of sin in their life one way or the other, we should talk about it more often because we all should feel the same level of discomfort because nobody's perfect. You know what I'm saying? But because everybody is imperfect, we cannot keep going through life not hearing that there is a way that seemeth right unto man. But the end thereof is destruction. Y'all hearing what I'm saying? And so we're going to talk about this. We talk about it the Sunday after Christmas. We're going to talk about the fact that the grace of God has appeared to all men in order for you to live right. So it is not just Christ came for salvation. Christ came to show you that you can live right. Look at your neighbor and say, you can do this. And so, and so the common denominator here, though, is there is some righteous living that makes us um, uh, righteous living that uh, exposes us to this grace of God. So as he's talking to Mary, and Mary says, how can these things be? I don't know. This doesn't make sense to me. But what the angel is saying is that God is about to show some stuff to you that is contrary to your current situation. So Mary feels like this can't happen to me because of my situation. And I'm telling you today that the grace of God, the God of all possibilities, sent me to tell you that as bad as your situation is, he's about to do something exactly opposite of where you are. That only he can do. He can turn around stuff that you feel like uh, is, how are we going to say it, unturnaroundable. Because he wants you to know that there are some things that you can't control, but I can. And in this season of grace, I want to step into your life. And the places that you have doubt, I want to show you that it can happen. Because I'm the God of possibilities. And the thing I love about my God is that his possibilities are endless. And because he gives me the power to write a check in his name, that means as long as I am attached to him, my possibilities are endless. This is why your faith, y'all with me? This is why your faith has to be infused in this season because although it seems like the way I'm going now, nothing good can happen. I can't turn this around. I thought I was going to be here by now. I thought I was going to be married by now. I had planned to make this kind of money right by now and have this degree finished by now. But it's okay because you serve and are connected to the God of possibilities. And what he is saying to you is that I'm about to speak a word to you that would make what is impossible possible. So that's what happens in this season of grace. So she, uh, Gabriel comes to speak a specific word to her. Hey, you're about to have a baby, and the baby that you're going to have is the baby that we will call the Son of God. And so he speaks a word. Listen, so she will have a reason to believe. Hear me. Many of us wane in our faith because we don't read the word enough and we don't have anything to believe. Come on now. We, we listen to CNN. We listen to Fox. 
And so we believe everything that's happening over there. But as what God has said to his people and what he is saying to you specifically, because you're not in that word, because you're not spending time with him, we're missing the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to speak to us, to give us something to believe. What is God saying? What is God saying to his people? And what is God saying to you? And it's important that you have that time away so you can hear. In order for you to have faith for what God says, you have to know what God says. You cannot make up what you want and say it in the name of Jesus. Oh, I know, I know, I know. I told us we just name it and claim it. Just go out there on the car lot and, and just lay your hands on it. You can have it. Don't do that. It's going to shatter your faith if God didn't tell you to go. Because what I know is if God said you can have it, then you can have it. But you ain't got to go out there and do no rain dance around it in order to get it. But you got to hear what God is saying. Because if God says yes, the yes is the yes. Whether you're sitting at the house or standing on the lot, the yes is the yes. But if you don't hear him speak, what then will you be believing for? And you need to increase your faith every day that you have to trust and believe that what God has said to you will come to pass, but you got to say, Lord, what are you saying to me? And if he's not speaking the rhema right now, the right now word, you still have the logos, the written word, and so you should be in that thing daily so it can be telling you that God has promises, that his promises are yea and amen, so that way when you walk out from reading this word, there's a faith in you that expects God to do just what he said he would do. But our challenge is we get caught up in stuff. We get caught up in the, in the uh, reality TV shows of, the, of, of uh, life, that's really not reality because they fussing and throwing water on each other on TV, but they at dinner on social media because that's not reality TV. It's scripted. You know what I'm saying? And it's okay. I mean, it's entertainment. I'm down. But that can't be the thing that grabs you. When God is saying, I got a word for you. You, you shake it in your, in your faith these days because you feel like things are not going your way. Let me remind you who I am. Let me remind you who I am to you. So when you walk out, there is an expectation. And this is the time where the Lord is speaking. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying to you? Okay. So that, now we find that uh, Gabriel has come to uh, Mary and says to Mary, you're going to have this baby. Mary has doubt. How can these things be? And so he says, I, I love when he says this, go to, uh, go to verse 36. She's like, how can, this, how, how can these things be? And he goes on to say, let me tell you who this, this child is so you'll understand in context who this child's going to be. And I appreciate the fact that the angel didn't let her lack of faith interrupt the word that God had for her. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, under, he didn't stop. She said, how could these things be? I don't know, man. And she's, he starts saying, let me tell you who this child is going to be. He's going to be called this, the holy, and blah, 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 blah. And then when he gets to the end of this, he brought it. He starts ethereal. He starts with what God is saying. But then he goes here in verse 36 and takes it to what she can understand. She said, he says, now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, is also... Uh, has also conceived a son, and then he, he makes sure he underlines it. You know she was old, 
and you know she couldn't have kids. So wherever the unbelief or the, uh, uh, the, I don't know about you, kind of vibe that Mary had, Angel Gabriel said, I know how to fix this. Aunt Elizabeth is pregnant. He's probably like, tell me God ain't good. <laughs> He's just probably like, she's pregnant. And I love it because uh, God didn't come to her or didn't send the angel to her, Gabriel to her, until she was six months pregnant. So she had to be good and pregnant. You know how y'all do. Y'all ladies be the, we don't tell nobody to the second trimester. We got to wait for three months before we tell somebody because we want to make sure it is what it is. Well, now she's showing. And so the angel says, let me tell you what God is about to do to you. I know uh, you have some doubt in it. And let me bring in the fact now that your auntie is pregnant. And Mary starts listening a little closer because he says, you know, she was barren. Watch, go to, uh, sister says, your, uh, your relative has also conceived a son. She's uh, six months, okay, go to 37. And uh, it says that she, I'm sorry, 36, at the end of 36, says the one who was called barren is now pregnant. Listen, this grace that God releases in this season is a grace that allows you to change what they called you. Because <laughs> even the angel, the angel said, you know, you know, I mean, come on. Uh, uh, it, <laughs> so the, the angel underlines all of this based on what they used to call her, who was called barren. And so whatever they used to call you, there is a grace right now in, in your life to change what they call you. They used to call you turnt. I don't know. They used to call you high because you smoked all the time. I don't know. Whatever it is they used to call you. <laughs> well, so many things running through my head. I just, I ain't going to do it because it's Christmas time. Some stuff you don't say at Christmas time, right? I don't know. I just, just made that up. So listen, there is a grace for you to come out of. There is a grace, listen, for what was dead in your life to now live. There is a grace. There's a grace for that. And you got to position yourself. You have to position yourself. So he goes on to say, hey, auntie is, is, is pregnant. She's six months pregnant. And you know they used to call her, well, first of all, she owed, they used to call her barren because her womb was not alive. And now it's alive. And he goes on to say, for with God, nothing is impossible. For with God. Everybody say, with God. See, it's amazing to me that he highlights with God. Because there are some things in your life that's absolutely impossible if you're not with God. Impossibilities become possibilities when you are with God. That's what we see with uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth. The text says in the beginning of that story, uh, chapter 1, that they are righteous, that they live out everything God asks them to do. They love the Lord and they serve God. And here's the thing, in living that way, there are some impossible situations 
that when you are connected to God becomes possible. I cannot say that enough because just because you are celebrating Christmas does not mean you're with God. I want to be, I want to be clear. I'm not talking about, listen, just because you come to church doesn't mean you're with God. And some of the impossibilities, the stuff that's dead, the stuff that's disconnected and disjointed in your life, God is saying, I got everything you need to make it alive. I can speak a word. That's what he did. He spoke a word to Elizabeth's womb and said, come alive. He spoke a word to uh, 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 Zacharias's uh, 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 reproductive organs and said, live again. Because I have a plan, and in my plan, I need y'all. But because you all are with me, here's the thing I love. Because y'all are with me, y'all not going to be mad at me for making you wait so long. Because you're with me. Let's be honest. If some of us was carrying an AARP card, and found out you were pregnant. Man, I know people in their late 30s who found out they was pregnant and started crying because they didn't want it. You see what I'm saying? But God knew who, who, who to pick because he understood that y'all want this no matter when you get it. <laughs> now, we can move on from talking about babies, but there's some stuff in your life that you've asked God for that he has put on pause because he wanted to wait till his plan, listen, aligned with your connection to him to make it work. Now, here's the question. It's not a question about his plan. It's a question about your connection. Because God's plan for your life has been plugged in since before you was conceived. Hear me. Listen, before I formed thee in thy mother's womb, I knew thee, knew, had relationship with you, knew that way. So before you got into your daddy and before your daddy got with your mama, you and I have had conversations. So my plan for your life has started. In other words, God says, I've been paying child support on you before you were even born. Now, the question is, will you be standing at the mailbox to get the check when it comes? Will you be found at the right place at the right time? In other words, will you stay connected to me? So when I say now is the time for my plan in your life, you'll be there to get it. There's some stuff that God has for you that's been on hold because you're not in the right place. Not that he can't get it to you wherever you are. It's just that you can't handle it where you are. Come on, y'all. You know full well with the way your mind thinks about money right now. If he answered the million-dollar prayer for your life, you'd mess it up and be standing down there looking fool in another year, coming down here talking about, Pastor, pray for my finances. And I'd be looking at you like, didn't you just get a million dollars? What you want me to pray for, to tell you how to spend it? No, sir, I already did. Oh, you want to pray the fool off you because you're the fool. I'm just saying. 
I'm just saying what I'm saying. Because everybody ain't in the space to handle the prayer being answered at this time. Y'all hear what I'm saying? So now he says to her, lady, your aunt is pregnant. I'm trying to get off this point. Your aunt is pregnant. I want you to go over there because there is nothing that's impossible for God. So Mary, hear me, the Bible says that Mary makes haste and moves toward Elizabeth. I appreciate that about Mary because although she had doubts, her faith was rising in her and her faith caused her to move. This is how I know people have faithful stuff that they don't sit in the same place. You can't tell me that you believe in for something and yet you sit down on what you believe. Mary says, okay, you said that I... Okay, you know what? I'm halfway believing you now, and I'm getting ready to go. She didn't fully believe. We'll show you in the text. She didn't fully believe just yet, but her faith was rising. And whenever your faith goes from one place to the next, movement is inevitable. I can tell people who are not growing in their faith because they don't do nothing. The same thing you've been doing when I met you is the same thing you're doing now, and your faith ain't moving. You're not serving anymore. You're not giving anymore. You're not praying anymore. Your faith has not moved. You are stuck and stagnant in the same place. But this is the season that the Lord wants to speak to you. Speak to your faith and start moving you. Stop telling me about what your dreams are and move to reality. A dream is just a movie that you don't own yet. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And most dreams happen while sleep. And it's amazing to me how we can recount our dreams, but we don't move toward our dreams. So she's moving toward Elizabeth. And it's amazing that when she gets to their house, the text says that when she gets there, she just says, hey, everybody. And Elizabeth says, immediately, the baby starts jumping. Now, that goes back, though, to Zacharias in the temple because the text says in Zacharias that uh, when your baby is conceived, he's going to be full of the Holy Spirit in the womb. So when the carrier of Jesus, listen, she is not pregnant yet. Oh. Listen, listen, the fact that Mary, who still had unbelief, was going to be the one to carry Jesus, when the carrier of the Savior of the world stepped in the room, John, in his mama's womb, got filled with the Holy Ghost. She didn't have Jesus in her yet. But because her faith was rising in her to say yes, the Holy Spirit came in the house. So then the Bible says that the baby left Holy Spirit and then Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. I really don't have the time to unpack the fact that when you get your faith to just a better level to where it is right now, other people are going to be filled with something when you get your faith right. See, you, you keep working with all these people, and you've been working for that 20, 30 years, and some of y'all have been working there for five or six months, but God has a plan, and he needs your faith to come up because there was something that needs to be filled in them. And the text says that when she walks in the house, the baby starts shouting. 
When she walks in the house, Elizabeth starts prophesying. I don't even have time to tell the people that feel like the only way you can be filled with the Holy Ghost is speaking in tongues. I don't have time to deal with the fact she got filled with the Holy Ghost, stepped over speaking in tongues and started prophesying. I don't even want to deal with that because some people are going to say she won't feel with the Holy Ghost for real because she didn't speak in tongues. Maybe you not because you've rehearsed those tongues and now you know how to say them. But can you speak a fresh word from God so we'll know that you got the Holy Ghost? Yeah, go and put that out there so they can send me some emails. Just saying what I'm saying. Because the text says, when she steps in the house, something changes. Listen. This says to me that as it relates to grace, you got to have the right connections in your life. That in order for Mary to get the faith she needed, there was a connection that was important to her. And the Holy Spirit had put it all together because I don't know, really, I don't even know what their, their family relationship is. Uh, text, some texts say uh, that was her aunt, but the only thing that we know is that the angel says your relative. So it could have been your cousin. But whomever it is, God had placed that connection and did in Elizabeth what needed to be done in her so that Mary could believe at another level. And what I'm telling you today is there's some connections that God has for you that you already have or that he's going to bring you into. And when you step into those right relationships, what's inside of you is going to leap. And you're going to know this is a godly relationship for me. This is the mentor I need. This is the teacher I need. This is the best friend that I need. This is the spouse that I need. Because I am stepping into something and what is in me becomes alive because of the right connection. That's why you can't be so standoffish. No, you, you can't. Because what Mary needed to bring the Savior of the world into the earth, she had to go get she didn't sit there and say, well, let Aunt Cousin Elizabeth come to me. Let her come on to me then. If I got Jesus this time, you know, some of us, we'd have been grand. And wait a minute, you saying to me that I'm carrying Jesus? Well, you know, if I'm carrying Jesus, I don't need to be on no donkey riding across. I don't need to do that. Let her come to me so I can see her. But Mary says, no, 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 because I believe what you're saying is true. And I need my faith to build. And my faith can't build staying in one spot. I got to move forward because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. It does not say faith sits by hearing. It says faith comes. So as the word of God comes to me, I go and meet it. And when I meet it, my faith grows. Come on. Listen, if, if you're going to be a good shortstop on a baseball team, they will tell you if you're uh, worth your weight in gold as a shortstop, you don't let the ball come to you. You go to it. Short stop, not long stop, we just let it roll. Short stop is I run to it and stop it before it meets. And so I get better the more I run. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so your faith grows when the word of God comes to you and you begin to move toward it. I hear you, Lord. Now let me move toward it. You said that I would do A, B, and C. I'm not just going to lay here all day. I'm going to get to moving. Work like it depends on me. Believe like it depends on you. And in the middle, we'll combust into what you have me to be. Y'all with me? Y'all awfully quiet. If I'm making any sense to you, clap your hands and give God praise in the room. I'm preaching too hard for you to be this quiet. 
Because God is trying to get you to see that there needs to be some movement in your life. Stop talking to me about who prophesied to you and you're not moving on it. Stop talking to me about all the books you read and you're still the same person. Stop talking to me about, Pastor, you preaching right up my alley, but you ain't moved out of the alley you are. That word came and pushed you out of that alley with a moving truck and everything, but you're sitting right there. I don't want to hear it anymore if you're not moving toward what God is saying. Your faith is small. So she gets up and she goes. And because of the connection, listen, because of the connection, Elizabeth has done something that she has not done up until this text. It is one thing for God to allow me to carry a baby. I'm excited, but now I'm pregnant and prophesying because Mary came into the room. Listen, that was a mutually satisfying and gratifying relationship. Mary came to get confirmation, but when she came to get confirmation, Elizabeth says, I'm going to confirm, but now our connection makes me do something that I've never done. I'm prophesying. See, it was a win-win situation. And both wins were wins that led everybody to the call and the will of God. Listen, if your relationships can't be a win-win that push the both of you toward the will of God, you may need to rethink that connection. I'm bye. I know we don't even want to talk about that, Walter. We don't want to talk about that because we want people who are going to smoke weed with us. We don't want nobody that's going to push us toward the will of God for my life. That's right. Oh, look at you. Oh, you, 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 you too good for me. You spiritual now. No, there's a call on your life. There's a call on my life. And we both should be walking toward the fact that I call you. The fact that you call me. We're not gossiping. I need to ask you, what are you doing today that you didn't do tomorrow that pushed you closer to the plan of God for your life? That's the people I got in my life. They call me, what you reading? You reading any good books lately? How you getting better? How you getting better in business? How you getting better at pastoring? When I talk to my pastors and the network that I'm about, uh, that I, I'm connected to, we talk about how to do what we do better. That's what we talk about. That's what we laugh about. That's what we joke about. How you gonna do what you do better? What are you doing that we're not doing? That, because relationships that are God-ordained are relationships that help push you to the will of God. Mary's about to carry the Savior of the world and needed that connection to make sure she's hearing what she thinks she's hearing. Elizabeth says, I am carrying the forerunner of Jesus, the one who's going to tell everybody that he's coming. And I'm happy to be doing that. But now that you're here, he's alive and I'm prophesying. Everybody, everybody's life gets better because they're connected. So you got to start taking inventory. Are you draining the hell out of me? No, no, no. I mean, really, Do, are you the one that pulls the plug on the hell in my life so it can drain out? Oh, you see that paradigm shift, huh? Because we say stuff like, oh, they're draining the hell out of me. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about really the people that come to drain hell out of you. And those are the people that we don't like. We like people to keep hell going with us. What'd she say? What'd they do? Girl, tell me. Man, what you heard? What you, heard? you heard that? See, that's stuff that keeps hell going up in your life. But you need somebody to say, that's not what I called you to talk about. You told me last week that you was about to start tithing, did you? I'm going to pull the hell out your life. I'm about to go. Y'all don't want this today. I'm about to finish. I'm about to be finished right now because y'all don't want this. So Elizabeth gets confirmation. 
I mean, Mary gets confirmation. Elizabeth was the confirmation. And now Mary's faith is energized. How do you know? Because Mary, after Elizabeth says, blessed are you among women because of who your baby is. And then she goes on to say, how am I so blessed to have you in here because you are the one that's carrying the baby. She is not pregnant yet, but it's because of the way Elizabeth responds to her that Mary says to the angel, or says to uh, Elizabeth, really, she says it to Elizabeth, she says, behold, your maidservant. In other words, she says to God, I submit to what you want to do in me. And it was from that point, everybody starts prophesying and praising God. Because now Mary has said yes to what God is doing. Now listen, if you parallel these stories, and I'm done right here, what we will find is that on one end of the story, God answered a prayer, Zacharias, Elizabeth. On the other end of the story, God did the unexpected with Mary. And so what we find in this grace season, that this is a season where God is answering unanswered prayers and he is doing the unexpected. But watch, in the text, he did it all because Jesus was coming. News alert, Jesus is coming again. Y'all missed it right there. Y'all missed it. That was the whole point of the sermon. You missed it all right there. This season doesn't go away because you closed the Bible. He was doing what he was doing because Jesus was on his way. Well, for those of us that believe it, Jesus is still on his way. And so since he's coming again, everything that God was dispensing then, he is still dispensing now. So you have an opportunity in this season, not just in this season, but in your lifetime because he's on his way back, you got an opportunity to receive unanswered prayers and expect the unexpected because of what God does in the season of grace. Touch somebody and say, he's coming again. <laughs> you missed an opportunity to shout right there. That's the shout. The shout is he did it because he was coming and he can still do it because he's coming again. Everybody stand. Shout on, shout on the record. Shout on the CD at home. You know, in my head, y'all shouted. So I preached it last night real good. I'm happy because y'all shouted at home. Because somebody needs to know that my situation is not bleak. And it's not bleak because Jesus is coming again. See, see we get a do-over. We understand now in the text that there are many things that he did because Jesus was coming. But now we find out that I can live that thing out now because he's coming again. And there is grace for me. There is grace for my faith to build. There is grace for me to receive answered prayers, and there's grace for me to expect the unexpected. That's how, that's how I'm living. I'm expecting the unexpected. As a matter of fact, I don't want to live out the normal anymore. I'm tired of living the normal life. I want to live beyond what is normal for me. I am gifted and I am talented. I don't want to live any longer in my gifts and my talent. I want to live in my anointing because my anointing, anointing is a grace from God that lets me to live beyond my gifts and talents. You hear what I'm saying? I want to live beyond my ability. I want to live in his ability. So I do want to lay hands on the sick so they can recover. That has nothing to do with my talent. 
that has everything to do with his ability. I want to prophesy to you and you see it come to pass. You understand what I'm saying? You know what's amazing to me? That before we dismissed last week, we called her one years up to lay hands on that baby. And when I talked to her out there, she said, Pastor, we got 18 more days. I was like, yes. Y'all know that baby came what, Tuesday or Wednesday? That baby came Tuesday. That blew my mind. That blew my mind. I want to live in that space where he just said, hey, do this. Blew my mind. Because he knew the baby was coming on Tuesday. He said, go on and pray for this baby right now. Some stuff I need to do. And, and everybody's taking this 18 days down. I'm trying to tell you there's grace to accelerate what I want to do in your life. I got chills when I heard. And they said, yeah, they went to the hospital. I said, for what? The water's broke. I'm like, is something wrong? That baby fine. God knows what he's doing. And this is the season of grace. Let me tell y'all something. It's stuff like that that serves for me as a confirmation that God is moving in our midst. And you can't be so lackadaisical that you miss the signs. See that? You got to look for the signs. Elizabeth was a sign. And God says, look for my signs. You keep walking down the street looking at your phone. The sign ain't going to text you. But you got to look around you. Stuff that's happening. God says, my grace has been released in the earth. I want to build your faith with it. That text that said the baby is coming increased my faith. It's like, I don't know what you did right there, but that is absolutely amazing to me. I, I mean, I see stuff all the time. I prophesy to people, they come back and say, yes, Pastor, that happened just like you said. That every, every account amazes me. You know why? Because I know it's God and not Tim. That amazes me. Some people say to me, you know, you said to me last year, so and so and so. And I was like, I don't remember nothing about it. I said, what I say? Tell me what I said. Because I know it's God that said it. But I don't remember it because it's him. But what amazes me is that he lets the grace rest on me to be used by him. You understand what I'm saying? I, ain't that, I, I don't deserve to be up here no more than y'all do. But the grace of God. So when he opens up doors for you and you step into places where you know you don't belong, that you know you're not qualified for, but your voice matters, that's the grace of God. The grace of God looks like influence when you know you shouldn't have it. It's the grace of God. And in this season, I want your faith to build because Jesus is coming again. And because he's coming again, God still has a will and he still has a plan. And that plan includes you. You got to receive his grace and you got to let your faith build for everything God wants to do for you. I don't want you to have a New Year's resolution. I want you to have New Year's faith. I want you to have faith that's better than last year's faith. You hear what I'm saying? I want you to have a resolve that I'm going to believe what you said for me because it is coming. That's the next year's faith and you need to be ready for that. Everybody say ready. You need to be ready for what next year's bring. You don't need to look for it. You need to be ready for it what next year brings. Be in that posture. You'll hear more about that. So my prayer for you today is that you receive the grace of the Lord in this season. That there's miracles left for you in the earth. Some people believe 
that prophets are not still speaking. I will tell you that they are. You need to listen to the voice of the Lord for your life, whether it's from this stage, whether it's from family members and friends that speak the word of the Lord to you. And when I say speak the word of the Lord, I don't mean thus said the Lord. You could have just been talking to the Lord about something and your crazy cousin will say something to you and you know that that's God. You know that that's God because I just talked to you about this this morning and they crazy. They not even spiritual because you know God don't have to use saved people to talk to you. Okay, I just, I, just want y'all to, I just want you to make sure we all on the same page that you need to look for the signs of grace in your life. Father, I thank you this morning that you are the God that hears and answers prayer. You are the God that dispenses grace and life to barren wounds. So Lord, I speak to barren wounds in this room today and I say live. I say live and carry the plan that God has for the life you're connected to. I speak to those spiritual wounds today and I say live, 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 live. And Lord, I ask in Jesus' name, that you dispense grace in such a way that makes life easier because we rest in you. Now, Lord, I pray that you send a confirming word to those in this room today, to those that may be listening via podcast or on a CD. Send a confirmation that you are bringing life to dead situations because you are the God of possibilities. I thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen.